Hello, this is Coden. And this is Cassia. And welcome to The Ebon Hawk, a podcast where we discuss Star Wars, Night's Old Republic, as well as all things Star Wars. Today we'll be discussing the Night's Old Republic remake, sequel rumors, and the possibility of a remaster. Also, we'll be talking about the possibility of a remaster and Clone Wars Season 7. This is Episode 14, and this is where the fun begins. So we are about two weeks away from Clone Wars Season 7. So I'm pumped for that. Uh, It'll be on Disney Plus here before you know it. Um, There was a final trailer for Season 7. And I thought it was broken down pretty well. So I kind of wanted to commentate a bit on that. So it starts out with Darth Maul, and he's saying soon the galaxy will be remade. So I'm kind of thinking he knows something about Order 66, like Emperor Palpatine. I just wonder if Emperor Palpatine told him something about Order 66. And because we know Order 66 is coming, I think it's going to be very sad. And so it's good to kind of start out with that and it it kind of leaves you nervous and a little bit excited for what what else is going to come this season i I Um, believe i believe the emperor did tell darth maul about the plan i think i don't think it was as specific as there's a particular order 66 but i uh it was evident that count dooku was obviously involved with a lot of that plan and it would have still needed to be brewed from the beginning, maybe as like a possible idea or thought that he was relaying with Darth Maul. And yeah. something that Darth Maul would have seen develop both in, well, maybe not so much in his exile because he was obviously not around, but towards his taking over of Mandalore and being a little bit more in the political wing, he would have seen a little bit of that. Yeah. And then Maul continues, and he says, the Jedi and Republic will die. So I'm like, yeah, I I think he knows, you know. And then Mace Windu says, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi from the Jedi teleconference in Revenge of the Sith. So I'm thinking there's some overlap with Revenge of the Sith. And I, I kind of wonder how much overlap there will be in the final season. If it's just like the final episode or if we get like the Battle of Coruscant, maybe like in the fifth episode or something. Like, Coruscant hasn't cool. been shy to go over the politics of, of Star Wars. And I imagine that there's, you know, we're, we're going to need to bridge season six to season seven. And so we'll get a lot of the Ahsoka, Anakin, Obi-Wan story in there. 
Yeah. But I believe that later down this season's timeline, we're going to see maybe more of Mon Mothma. Uh, Bail Organa. Yeah, so we'll see more of Bail Organa and Mon Mothma. I hope, I, I would like to see a little bit of the Rebel Alliance at its uh, at its kind of birth and that initial build would be kind of neat yeah. to see. Because a lot of those scenes, I don't know if you read the Revenge of the Sith novel, but... I did. Yeah, it, it's excellent. Everyone should read it. There were a lot of rebellion scenes where it's like you have the birth of the rebellion and Padme... Bale and Mon Mothma were like, you know, the rebellious trio getting stuff done for love and all that's good. But it's like Revenge of the Sith. It was like a four hour movie. And, you know, you can't really release a four hour movie into theaters. Or nor should you, Peter Jackson, you know. But so a lot of those uh, scenes, they were cut but they were in the novel. I wonder if they could be recycled here. That would be that would be interesting. But I mean, I think in the final season, people would rather have like Jedi clone action, you know? And it doesn't look like they're skimping on the on the animation either. Um there's some pretty good shots of like Obi-Wan and Mace Windu fighting together. Uh, the clones taking out some targets. And, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, in the Jedi teleconference, you see Depa Bilba's uh, Padawan, Caleb Doom. Uh, he will later go by Kanan Jarrus. He's uh, the Jedi in uh, the Rebels cartoon. So that's a fun Easter egg, like, to kind of have that continuity. Speaking of the Ahsoka of it all... It looks like we find her at the beginning of the season, kind of in the lower levels of Coruscant, which I I find interesting because I think if I like left somewhere, I wouldn't want to be kind of in the same neighborhood. I know Coruscant's a big place and maybe Ahsoka doesn't really have money, like I don't think the Jedi have Venmo because, like, attachments are bad or whatever, but... Because if I could, like... If I had a Force Bond and I could just sense, like, my my master, like, kind of in the next neighborhood, like, I would just be like, oh, I feel a little bit weird because I used to have a job here, you know? But now I don't, and I'm kind of just hanging out in Coruscant. They're on Coruscant, like... But... I mean, I guess we'll just see her. Yeah, that's there. the thing. I mean, that's where we that's where we leave her at the end of season six, and it definitely looks like this is where it's going to pick up with season seven. And yeah, and the that's you brought up a good point. Like she is going to be broke. She's been cut off from the the Jedi credit card, so there is nowhere for her to go. There's no chance she can really go anywhere. And yeah, so I mean, if they have, if there is like a homeless shuttle. Yeah. You know, maybe she could use that, but you know, doubt it. That she probably has to rely more on the the illegal and the kind of the the scum part of Coruscant to get where she needs to go. And so Yeah. 
it's possible that she might have to pick up a lot of just dirty work through, you know, especially the beginning of the season because it seems like from what's shown in the trailer, she's going to be coming back. So, yeah, but I I don't imagine she's going to stay in on course hunt for long because she'll be given a mission with the 501st to confront Darth Maul on Mandalore. But it'll be interesting because she's just going to be in a very delicate place, very emotional, and it, she's just having to find her place in the world again. And she thought as a Jedi, she knew what she was doing, but she ended up leaving in season five. And she said, we were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. So she's just trying to find her place again um but it looks like uh ahsoka and bo-katan are shaking hands so it looks like there's some factions of death watch that aren't as extreme and are gonna help uh the republic no Um, it's it's basically there's a there's the the old queen's sister that was part of death watch and satine yeah. At- and Bo-Katan was uh, the sister. Okay. So Bo-Katan, at the death of Satine, had split from Death Watch, and she took her followers with her. And so it's, you know, I don't know if they would call themselves, they, they're not going to use the term Death Watch, but. Life Watch. Yeah. Maybe they're lifeguards. Or maybe they're just so. a, just a, uh, like a loyal group of Mandalorians to the throne, like the actual throne, not the Maul throne. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll yeah. see in season seven. It'll be fun to see. So, oh, and speaking of Anakin's horrible hair, there it is in all its glory. And he's taking on, uh, I, I believe his name is General Trench. Like a tarantula. So hmm. the hair, it's just... It's a thing, and it is there. So it's horribly animated. They should have just left it as yeah. its very self. I mean, hair is hard to animate, and they yeah. should have just left it alone. But because I, I think it looked pretty Revenge of the Sithy already, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess they they didn't leave it there. Rex has has a good quote. Uh, he says, we clones have mixed feelings about the war. And he, he goes on to say, like, without it, they wouldn't exist. But it's like, they exist only to die and be expendable yep. in an army that just is like, it's all them, you know? I think it is a little bit of a cop-out, because it's later revealed that Rex took out his chip. Mm-hmm. I think that Rex, it would be more interesting if Rex had to execute it and not have a cop out um, that he took out the chip. Well, or Rex is part of the being part of the 501st. He wouldn't have had to turn on Anakin because the, yeah. uh, the emperor wouldn't have had. But like, it looks like Rex is going to be on Mandalore with Ahsoka. Yeah. So I mean, like um, I just, they might yeah. explain why he takes out his chip in season seven, but ha- whether he had the chip in or not, at the time of Order sixty six, I don't think would have mattered 
towards his command with Anakin. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I would hope, like, maybe, like, Ahsoka kind of senses it and maybe, like, doesn't kill him, but kind of just takes him out for a second, like, knocks him unconscious and he has to think about it and then something like that. Like, he overcomes it, but I just think it's a little bit too easy to be like, yeah, I took out my chip. And it seems like a lot of the people who execute Order 66... You don't get to know them as much in the Clone Wars. And I would rather would have had the opposite happen. Like, kind of amp up the tragedy of everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and it's possible that maybe there will be a Order 66 incident on Mandalore where with Ahsoka and the 501st being deployed there. And maybe that causes the trauma for Rex to pull the chip out. We know that Ahsoka survives the event, but that still could have been a problem. Yeah, she fakes her death along with Rex. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it happens. There was a novel by E.K. Johnston, I believe. Um, I, I didn't read it, but I, I kind of just saw the summary. But from what I've heard, like it kind of just summarizes these parts because I think they just wanted to give fans enough in case Clone Wars wasn't renewed to like give them some answers but keep it a little bit vague enough in case they like did end up bringing Clone Wars back Mm -hmm. so now they're filling in those gaps but yeah like it's interesting to see uh, that shot of Ahsoka and it looks like the ship is in hyperspace and her hand is on her head and I I just wonder if she's kind of sensing like maybe the metaphorical death of Anakin Skywalker and she just is like sensing darkness or something. It'll it'll be interesting. And then I just have to highlight that there's like an amazing animated shot of Obi-Wan in the fog and wind with his lightsaber. And it, it just looked so amazing and it, like it's just above and beyond anything I've seen like in the Clone Wars like yet. Like this is on par with the movies. It's just like visual poetry, I think. You're so. in love. I'm not in love. <laughs> I, I just think it's an amazingly animated shot and it, it deserves praise. But I don't know. Sometimes I think like when you're a female fan, if you're just passionate about anything, people just say you're fangirling. So, yeah. But yeah, it, it that shot deserves an Annie Award. So mm-hmm. I did lose it at the Anakin and Padme shot. The war's been going on so long and they like they have some flaws like as a couple, but I, I just think like the Clone Wars is kind of what's causing most of their problems. But it, it looks like after season six, like they've made up and during like this shot, like Anakin's there, Padme's a hologram. She's actually wearing the outfit she's going to die in uh, because um, Anakin is going to force choke her. So it's kind of like a little haunting, you know? They're kind of like holding hands across the stars. Padme's a hologram, and I don't know, I just felt all the feelings. So it, it kind of paralleled Ray and Kylo's hand touch a bit. No matter what you think about either relationship, I, I think like 
that was kind of a parallel, I would say. But it looks like we're going to see the Battle of Coruscant in, in this uh, season, so I'm excited for that. But the weird thing is, I thought, like, the Clone Wars was going to end with Anakin and Obi-Wan leaving Ahsoka on Mandalore and then having to fly to save the Chancellor. And then, you know, like, that drumbeat at the start of Revenge of the Sith, uh -huh. like, after the title crawl? I thought, like, Clone Wars was going to end with, like, them flying out and then, like, kind of hearing that drum beat, And then that's how it would end. But this is the middle of the season, it looks like. So, yeah. Wow. I, I think it'll work really well if they just focus on what else is going on in the world. Or yeah, the rather than recreating everything scene for scene. Yeah. As much as it would be cool to see the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise rendered in animated form, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there, you know, there is a lot of great story that happens in the Revenge of the Sith that never was in the Revenge of the Sith. I mean, we could see more of what's going on in some of the other worlds like Felucia uh, or Kashyyyk with Yoda. And we could see uh, the droid attack right. on the Wookiees. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, we can see the the beginning of the Battle of Coruscant. It looks like we we know what's going to happen with Obi Wan and Anakin and Padme. But what will be interesting to see is the showdown with Maul and Ahsoka, mm -hmm. and. The trailer was kind of building up Maul, building up Ahsoka, and then they they meet at the end, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see that showdown. He just keeps on dying and keeps on being angry and being reborn. Yeah. You know, she cuts so. off his his fabricated legs, so he has to get new fabricated legs to be cut off again by Obi Wan later. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but it was interesting to see like Sam Witwer voices Maul. I, I suppose, like, I, I think I called him Darth Maul a few times, but he's only Maul right now. His, uh, he is animated a bit through motion captures from Ray Park, who portrayed him in The Phantom Menace. So they're kind of bringing him to life together. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, like, Revenge of the Sith wasn't that happy of a movie. The only way it's really positive at the end is you kind of see the twins ending up in new homes and there's there's a hope through them. And you kind of know like four, five, and six are going to come and things are going to get better because Anakin's going to be redeemed and his kids are going to save the galaxy. I'm kind of wondering how... Clone Wars season seven is going to end. And if it's going to end on, can it end on a positive note? Cause Ahsoka thinks like all of her friends are dead and she doesn't know about the twins. So I'm just wondering if it'll leave like in a spot where Ahsoka's happy ending is not being dead and just kind of deciding to become Fulcrum. And then maybe we'll see like, Luke and Leia in animated form go to their new homes and maybe we'll see the binary sunset again. Mm -hmm. But I'm just kind of wondering how they can end it and make it happy or if it's just going to be like war sucks and then you die 
the end? I, I you think know? How do you think they're going to end? I think it's possible. Uh, again, I think if they pull away from the story of Revenge of the Sith and let Revenge of the Sith stand on its own, there's a lot of ways that they can end it good. Uh, for one, we see we see the the rebellion initially rise up, but there's other things that could go down, like making an agreement with the the Mon Calamari. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of good story that can be positive through that. And yeah. And I think that sure we'll see a lot of the the meat of the TV show the the plot points of you know delta through you know wherever they go excluding maybe the last four or five episodes of the revenge of the sith story order 66 jedi's dying the drama with clones finding their place in the war we're gonna see all that but i think it can still end good with the the rebellion forming so it'll be interesting to see, but I definitely think after Clone Wars is done, there will be a Rebels sequel series, and you, like Disney, will be like, "Did you like Ahsoka in season seven? There will be more Ahsoka in the Rebels sequel series." So I, I could see that happening. But. Yeah, I imagine that they're really going to be throwing their cards into Ahsoka to try and make yeah. Rebels successful. People didn't really like her at the beginning, but. She's like a fan favorite character now. Well, there's a lot and of character I, growth. She was really annoying at the beginning, and yeah, she gets better. As she failed as... and got better, and people like her, you know. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so let's move on to our next topic. This is a Forbes article um, about a possible remake or remaster of uh, Kotor Knights of the Old Republic. This was an article written by Paul Tassi. And we're not going to get, like, super far into, like, what the article says. But if you want to look it up, I basically just Googled Knights Old Republic remake Forbes. And it pulls right up. You'll just see that there's a Forbes link and it pulls up Paul Tassie's article. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's easily accessible. Yeah. Basically, this article just goes over the idea of KOTOR as a remake or remaster. Um, some companies will interchange the two. They'll start talking about how it's going to be a remake and it ends up being a remaster. But we just kind of wanted to talk about what we thought of the idea of a revisit to the original KOTOR game. Uh, what do you think, Cassia? I would like to know more if it's a remake or a remaster. I think if I were given the choice, I would prefer a remaster. Just because I think... The original KOTOR series was like lightning in a bottle. And it can it's like a 20-year-old memory that so many people have. And like so many people have different ideas of like what Knights of the Old Republic is, who Revan is, who the Exile is. And the Star Wars fandom can be like, you know, kinda how do you say this nicely? Um We don't like to share our our action figures. Yeah, um, so sometimes it can be a little a little bit too much like that. So I, I just kind of think if there was a remake, probably everyone would be upset no matter no matter what. There's a problem oh, with uh, with this for the last three to four years, 
um, video game companies have been turning to remakes and remasters to try and like hype up their player base, get people excited for basically like revisiting nostalgia. And it's only worked a couple times, whether it's a remaster or a remake, but this is kind of the trend in gaming now is we don't really have a whole lot of ideas. Let's revisit something that was amazing and try and bring it back. Yeah, that's so, what happens in the Cinemascape as well. So right, um, so, we out of ideas, yo. <laughs> the uh, some some examples, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past: Battlefront Two and Battlefront Twenty Fifteen being a remake attempt of the old Battlefronts. Yeah, and there's been other I, games by other companies like. Warcraft 3 from Blizzard, which is a recent fiasco. Uh, Skyrim was a remaster attempt just a couple of years ago that was a successful attempt. And it's th- that's kind of the ground that we're going to be treading on with an idea of a KOTOR revisit for a remake or remaster. Is yeah. like, would a remaster be really awesome? It could if it's not screwed up. There are definitely some glitches that it would be nice if they were ironed out and the graphics could be updated. Yeah, um, there was a group called Aperion, I believe, was trying to just update the graphics, but it was a fan. It was a fan attempt, so they were shut down, I think, by Lucasfilm and by EA. Disney, actually, and or Disney. Yeah, yeah, Disney and EA. There was an HD remaster fan made for the old Battlefront 2 that nobody gave two cents over. This was, and it was published back before the Disney and EA acquisitions. So, and it, it looks great. It looks, it was built for 1080p and it looks really good if, uh, if you download that mod. The rumors are not crystal clear if it's a remake, remaster, or a spiritual sequel, like something completely new. These rumors have kind of been kicked around since like 2015 and it like nothing really happened. A lot of the, I think it was Respawn who did Jedi Fallen Order. They're probably busy with the Jedi Fallen Order sequel or something else. But I, I imagine it's been a successful game. I am pretty sure there's going to be a sequel. Yeah. And then DICE is, is kind of tied up with Battlefront 2, which had a really rough launch due to like dlc and i think they kind of hyped up the story to be like yeah you'll be an imperial and first order person and then it's like just kidding it's a, it's a rebel so yeah i think they're yeah. actually working on well they, they have a, a skeleton team working on battlefront 2 but they've got the rest of their team working on battlefield 6 but from what i hear uh, battlefront 2 has turned out to be a pretty decent game but it would be interesting to see who would handle like whatever this KOTOR would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the uh, cons of a remaster is a lot of the times there isn't a lot of money t- for remastering a video game. And then a lot of people aren't really willing to spend six on a old game that looks nicer. They're more willing to spend 20 to, you know, well, anywhere from less than $30 on a remaster and so in terms of profit speaking it's not that feasible for a major publisher like ea unless they introduce dlc or microtransactions and so that's that's something that 
is unfortunately likely for a remaster of KOTOR. But the the pros are that if they don't do a lot of meddling, then all it's going to be is a great game that looks nicer on a modern display. I was hoping for just a remaster the more I thought about it. I would just like some of the glitches cleaned up and the updated graphics. And I, I conducted a poll on our Instagram and 75% of everyone wanted a remaster and 25 wanted a remake. So I'm actually leaning more towards a remake. For me, a remake that's properly done is more justified to be charged at its full price because it's yeah. you are going to be experiencing more new things in the game. The story can remain intact, but a proper remake gives a lot more to come back to than a remaster for someone who's played and loved the original. Something that's coming up here shortly is the remake of Final Fantasy VII, which is a complete overhaul. Now, there's there's mixed feelings like there was over this pull of a remake or remaster of KOTOR, but what it's doing is it's modernizing the video game to a modern video game feel. So huh. things like turn-based combat isn't going to be much of a thing in Final Fantasy VII, which was the only real way to go with Final Fantasy VII back on the PlayStation. Yeah. And But for, for me, I think a, a larger or a more open play space with real-time combat is something that I would appreciate just to allow the game to flow better but experience the same good story yeah so that it's not just a whole new game entirely yeah i mean if if it were to be remade i would prefer to have some of the team that was involved in the creation of knights of the old republic there in the first place mm -hmm. just so it would be kind of like not a completely different animal uh you yeah. want to keep it you want to keep the same flavor that people love. I mean, I'm not opposed to like some updated ways of like running the game or like having some new side quests, but I, I just wouldn't want it to feel like it was completely different. Yeah. I mean, but see, that's, that's kind of the big advantage is that if, if KOTOR was built on the Frostbite engine, for example, the Frostbite, which is an EA owned system, Frostbite already has a lot of the physics built into it already and so all they're really doing is changing what things look like yeah and so if they were to remake kotor in frostbite it wouldn't be as major of a test to complete than trying to dig up old code and update visuals if that makes sense yeah i guess we'll just see what comes of these rumors if it if they're legit if they're not um if the movie rumors come to pass it would be interesting to have like a new take on knights of the old republic done in the live action field um coincide with the with a game sometimes that doesn't happen as much um it would be interesting if we ended up like there 
Disney felt there could only be a live action or there could only be a video game, but it'd be interesting. So I guess we'll just see what the future contains. All right. Well, this has been a shorter episode. So uh, this has been Coden. And this has been Cassia. And anytime you can find us at twitch.tv forward slash Conan for various video game streaming like KOTOR 2. Uh, you could also contact us through our email at ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there, feel free to email us your comments and questions that we can address on future episodes. Okay, and then our Instagram is ebonhawkpodcast. Our podcast can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes at The Ebonhawk. And we are always grateful for reviews and subscriptions. Our intro and outro themes that you have heard today were composed by Alistair Shorman. He can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. The transition music was composed by Christian Walker, and he can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. And this has been episode 14 of The Ebon Hawk. May the force be with you all, and we'll be back soon. Bye for now. Thank you.